Welcome to episode 20 of the Echo Corpus Christi podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. On this episode, we visit with Johnny Filippello, the president and CEO of Buck Days, the citywide celebration that includes a rodeo, parades, a carnival, a debutante presentation, and other events. Johnny and I were introduced by a mutual friend, and we sat down for a conversation shortly after Buck Days made the exciting announcement that the Wings Over South Texas Air Show is now going to be a part of Buck Days. Johnny walks us through his corpus story, including how he met his wife, Katia Uriarte, through Buck Days and mutton busting. Johnny also discusses the history and leadership of Buck Days and the tremendous effort it takes from hundreds of people to make it the super successful event that it is. We also learn what is at the heart of Buck Days, providing substantial scholarship and leadership opportunities for local students while giving Corpus Christi and the Coastal Bend a celebration for the whole family. This year, Buck Days runs April 29th through May 9th, 2021, with the Wings Over South Texas show presented on May 1st and 2nd. Let's visit with Johnny. Well, Johnny Filippello, welcome to the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm excited to hear about you and your family here in Corpus and to hear about um, what you have going on here at Buck Days. Um, but you know, my first question always on the podcast is, what's your Corpus story? So why don't you tell us a little bit about okay. how you got here? Sure. So, um, so originally from uh, Bryan College Station, uh, went to Texas A&M, mm -hmm. kind of born to do that if, if you're from that area. I can feel the whoops uh, coming right. over the airways uh, right now. <laughs> uh, moved to Austin, actually thinking I was uh, going to go in the legislative uh, route, working with Capitol. I interned there for a while during college, and um, session ends, mm -hmm. and okay, there's no job until a year <laughs> and a half later, so uh, the guy I worked for, uh, Trey Powers, suggested... Mm -hmm. um, you know, he knew I was into 4-H, FFA, those things. He said, hey, I'm on this, this board at this uh, rodeo out here on uh, mm -hmm. Rodeo Austin. Why don't you uh, see about working for them? They've got a, a job opportunity and come back the next session and we'll be good to go. Well, I never left. It's been 15 <laughs> years. Wow. 15 years with, with that organization mm -hmm. growing it and and uh, really learning all the facets of, of not just stock show and rodeo, but mm -hmm. entertainment industry and, and, and nonprofit. Fred Dots uh, here in mm -hmm. Corpus Christi, uh, really involved with this rodeo. Got to know him uh, some over the years. And uh, when, when Barry Box, um, the uh, CEO of uh, Buck Days, retired, he reached out. And, and quite honestly, I had, had no interest in moving. Mm -hmm. I liked my life in, in Austin <laughs> and um, single guy and, uh -huh. and just kind of you know, was enjoying mm -hmm. what I was doing. Um, well, he bugged me a couple times and said, well, just come down here and, and talk to us. And mm -hmm. uh, get here, he takes me, shows me the American Bank Center. Uh, oh my God, look at this venue that we <laughs> right. have to work with. Right it's incredible. The Bayfront. Yeah. And I really got to know the guys and, and mm -hmm. that uh, work on, on the board there. And long story short, I moved here in, in August of 2015 and haven't looked back. Uh, found, uh, uh, met Katya through work, mm -hmm. uh, my, my wife, and um, I guess uh, last November we were uh, married and awesome. have a great son and, and love it here. That's it's great. It's been fun. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your, your less famous than you spouse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how did y'all meet? So, uh, funny story, um, you know, the staff told me, you know, we, we work with uh, Katia on our scholarship program mm -hmm. and this and that. Well, my first year was the 25th year of the rodeo, so I felt it was important to honor the folks that mm -hmm. really made the rodeo happen. Uh, well, I needed an MC for an event to recognize those <laughs> folks, and I uh, said, well Katia, come on, we need you to mm -hmm. do this. and, and uh, you know, she she played it well. She'd actually never been to the rodeo before, <laughs> but but figured uh -huh. out how to um, to uh, talk their language and mm -hmm. and uh, put on a great event for us. And and then a couple years later, uh, her son, our son, now um, was mutton busting age, mm -hmm. and she reached out for that. Awesome. And, you know. Um, I guess, long story short, mm -hmm. here we are. <laughs> That's it. I love it. I knew there was a good story for sure. I'd heard through the grapevine, so oh, yeah. to speak. Um, 
So you mentioned mutton busting, and I will confess, although I never did it as a kid, it is my favorite rodeo event. And I look forward to, in our conversation today, talking a lot more about rodeo events. But for those that are um, unaware of what mutton busting is, because that's probably not a term that we use generally in polite society, uh, what is it? And, And let's talk about what that does to get kids involved in youth rodeo. Yeah, so um, you, you take a 40 to 50 pound child mm-hmm. uh, and put them on the back of a 200 plus pound <laughs> sheep and tell them to hold on. And, and uh, you know, some, uh, some parents uh, let them know what they're getting into, right. train them in practice. Uh, Katya, she just said, oh, he's cute. We're mm-hmm. going to put him on the sheep and hope he <laughs> likes it. And uh, you know, Daniel now, um, three years later after mm-hmm. doing mutton busting, has decided oh, he's ready to do it again. Sure. Uh, but it, it took him three years after. <laughs> I can't say I blame him. I can't say I blame him. But, it, you know, it's, it's, um, it's uh, if, mm-hmm. if nothing else, it's a memory that kids have. Uh, some of the mm-hmm. kids do go on to, to have interest in riding horses and competing and learning the, the sport, but um, if, if nothing else, it builds a fan mm-hmm. that hopefully they can take their kids back and, and do that someday and, and be a part of it. Absolutely. I love to watch those kids get on the back of that sheep and just hang on for dear life as it's sprinting across the arena. And you know, they're helmeted out usually or otherwise protected, And but it is such a fun event to when you see those kids get up and oh, yeah. Uh, it's like the calf scramble, you know, where you get a chance to see kids go catch their next animal and um, the joy in their eyes. And they're like, you know, this is, you know, many of them probably were watching people bull ride and other things like that. And this is their chance as little people, so to speak, to get in the arena and do their thing. And it's always fun to watch their excitement. My my favorite is uh, telling the the professionals, you know, most of that audience didn't come to see you. They came to see a seven-year-old. Exactly. You're going to get paid, Mr. Professional, however, not because the people are here to watch you. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. That is very true. We have have some dear friends in College Station whose boys have um, excelled at mutton busting and they're ready to move on to the next thing. I think one of them will probably end up being a bull rider, um, assuming that he continues down the path that he's on, which is fun. And um, So you mentioned earlier in your um, introductory comments that you had been involved in 4-H and FFA. Um, for those that are not familiar with those organizations, can you talk a little bit about what they do and, and yeah. Um, what they mean for the kids who are involved and the schools that they are attending? Sure. So, um, you know, for me personally, I, I, I grew up showing livestock mm-hmm. at, at all the different stock shows and, and rodeos um, across the state. Um, but 4-H is, is a mechanism and, and the livestock that go with it is a, a me- mechanism for teaching kids responsibility mm-hmm. and, and work ethic and, and those things. Um, what I enjoyed more out of 4-H was... Um, was the leadership opportunities. Um, you, you create a whole network of, of like-minded students across the state mm-hmm. that you get to meet and interact with and, and compete against, uh, not just raising an animal, mm-hmm. but public speaking and, and a variety of different uh, debate, you, know, you, mm-hmm. you name it, there's um, all those different opportunities for you. And, and it, it really set a course for me to to want to achieve more and, and go on and, and do more things. You know, most people think of it as um, all of those farm kids over right. there, where there's just so much more to it. And, and uh, you know, we're we're looking at ways to to get our son involved mm-hmm. with it. Um, you know, whether it's uh, starting with shooting sports or or just um, you know, raising a, a rabbit or something right. to, to um, have some fun with it. But it, it's great program i um, i'm a product of it and mm-hmm. and um just think it's um you know if if you have children certainly take a look at it i think it's um, something um, you know that i i hang high on on what got me where i am today so. you bet so though you mentioned two often overlooked aspects of ffa one is there's a whole shooting sports side sure and then the other part is you don't really have to have a ranch Absolutely. to raise animals you can start with uh rabbits Oh, yeah. Or I guess I don't, I don't know what they're called. I just call them chickens, but sure. you know, birds, yeah, right? Turkeys, things that you might be able to raise in your yard. Sure. Of course, make sure you're not violating any kind of city rules, but right. or any that your neighbors are comfortable with it. <laughs> we have some neighborhood chickens that are literally free range. They range the whole neighborhood, right. and we love them. And they're it's fun for my kids oh, to get yeah. to see them. But no, that's great. Um, I think people when they hear FFA 
or 4-H, they think about, well, those are, like you said earlier, those sure. were the farm kids. But re the reality is, I would guess, most of the kids involved are not raising their animals on big ranches where there's right. herds of cattle and other things. They're, they are either smaller operations or maybe just in their own backyards. Yeah, you know, it's um, and it's evolved, obviously, as, mm -hmm. as we urbanize more and more. Um, you don't even have to have an animal to, to be a part of this. It, it's, um, you know, if you like to compete, there's mm -hmm. not just, um, you know, the shooting sports, those things, but, you know, debate, public speaking. Mm -hmm. um, welding, welding, I saw, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a ton of different ways to get involved with it, and, and it's really just, you know, some kids play sports, some kids mm -hmm. play football, some kids do Boy Scouts. It's just another one of those ways to um, to grow robotics and mm -hmm. robotics competitions wow. now even so it's um, it's cool it's it's a fun fun opportunity so. are there um, are there overt relationships between FFA and 4-H and Buck Days you know we're we're or formal uh, relationships maybe a better way to say we're, it. we're trying to figure that out okay. I moved here and, and Buck Days was more of a festival mm -hmm. with a rodeo attached to it than say your traditional San Antonio Houston mm -hmm. Austin um, you know and, and coming from that stock show background uh, that that I came from uh, got a ton of questions around this are y'all gonna add a stock show sure. to, to Corpus Christi and uh, the answer is no. We're we're not. Uh, we have a great uh, Nueces County mm -hmm. livestock show, and um, don't really anticipate doing that. But we are looking at ways to uh, intertwine uh, more educational competitions for for youth. Uh, we're working with a group called First in Texas mm -hmm. this year uh, that puts on robotics programs all across the the state. So we're hoping to pick up some of those 4-H FFA kids competing mm -hmm. in that. Um, actually uh, brainstormed with uh, Texas A&M Kingsville on, on ways that, that maybe we have some welding competitions mm -hmm. and things long term. Um, but it's, it's a building block. You, right. you, know, you come up with ideas and when the right uh, formulas come together, you, mm -hmm. you run with it until you don't try to force something. So, you know, for us, it's, it's uh, twofold um, whenever we uh, take on something. Obviously, you need sponsor support, you need mm -hmm. volunteers. And um, and then you, you need a program that kids want to participate in, and, and this robotics competition that we're adding this year um, was actually supposed to be in 2020, but right. COVID did a number on us for that. So um, that that program we feel optimistic will launch this May, mm -hmm. uh, where kids all over South Texas will be able to come and compete at uh, building a, a robot and and having it perform certain tasks. Um, so we, we're always looking at what are those those opportunities that mm -hmm. that um, we can get sponsor support, volunteer support, and student engagement from, and um, who knows what the the next one is. But like I said, we you know FFA is strong on the welding, and mm -hmm. and we have a ton of industry that yep. needs welders. So why not bring students from all over Texas to see what opportunities are. Are down here so will that happen in the next couple of years I, I hope so we just need to get the right pieces put together for it. absolutely so let's talk about the full scope of what uh, the full scope of what buck days um, let's talk about the full scope of what buck days covers sure you know I think the most public facing as you mentioned a little bit ago the most public facing is really going to be the the carnival itself sure. But there are other pieces, so let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so so Buck Days is a 80-plus year uh, tradition that um, you know it, it, it encompasses the carnival, like mm -hmm. you said. The um, rodeo was added in the 90s. Um, you have uh, the the debutante side of things with mm -hmm. uh, Las Donas and coronation and, and those things that are uh, very much tradition. And and if you look back over the history of it, there's been a variety of different things uh, take place um, from an international showcase of, of, mm -hmm. of worldly things to tennis tournaments right. to, <laughs> you name it it's it's you know it's whatever the community um, wants it to mm -hmm. be and, and obviously the parades of the biggest uh, one-day event in, in town so mm -hmm. so if you follow that history Buck Days has kind of morphed over the years to whatever the community wants out of it. Um, what what we've focused on um, as a, a volunteer organization for um, the last several years is 
how do we put on great events for the community that raise money for scholarships? And, and so we've looked at new ways to do that. Obviously the rodeo mm -hmm. is a big part of that, adding the concerts a few years ago really helped fuel that even further. Um, but you know now what what's next mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know we just announced um, here recently that the um, uh, wings over South Texas would be a part mm -hmm. of Buck days this year right here on the Bayfront and and so a big focus has been bringing the whole event together at the American Bank mm -hmm. Center uh, where we can truly um, showcase it as a big festival grounds and and have a one-stop shop now COVID kind of contradicts that right now, but when things loosen back up, right. we, we think that's the the model that that works in, in this industry of, you know, allowing shopping mm -hmm. to happen in the exhibit hall. And, and, and you know, I, I touched on it earlier, the building is a true asset that mm -hmm. I think we take for granted down here of how, how nice of a, a feature um, when you, you go to other places or uh, rodeo personnel come to our town and see this place and mm -hmm. right on the waterfront that's all they want to talk about is how cool of a location and Absolutely. how nice of a building it is for for us so the more we can program into that mm -hmm. in the 11 days is is what we're looking to do and and um that's you know you, you, you and i talked about san antonio mm -hmm. offline and that model works and and um how do we do do that same model here um, is, is what we're trying to do. So, so what do you think um, impacted you from your time with the with the Austin? Is it Austin Radio or Travis County Radio? Austin uh, Radio. Yeah, Austin okay. Radio. What do you think impacted you at your time there that you've been able to bring to bear in your leadership here at Buck Days? So um, that event was a um, in an extreme growth phase. It was a, a county livestock show with a rodeo mm -hmm. uh, that said we're we're urbanizing too fast that um, if we don't change and reach more people we're gonna sure. um, not exist in in the future and, no small irony coming from Austin <laughs> right, right. And, and so um, I, I started there in in 2003 okay and uh, you know just to put in perspective the livestock show was about 600 entries by the time I left it was over 6,000 wow entries. Uh, the the rodeo went from being a top 50 event to mm -hmm. a top 10 event right in that time frame um, and, and so you know I guess the ability to adapt and take on mm -hmm. new and and, uh, and and figure out how to grow an event is is really what I learned there in, in that time and and um, you know so far other than COVID um, everything I've been able to work on here and, and challenges we faced I've probably dealt with there mm -hmm. five or six times at least right, on every one right. of them but COVID's a new one for all of us. It, it is a it is a changer for sure. Trying to, to figure out. So. Do you think that your time in Austin also inspired the addition of the of the concerts here too? It did um, you know I I actually posed the question in my, my interview to the panel. I said, why don't you, you guys have concerts as part of this rodeo? And, and they said, well, we haven't needed to. And I said, well, are you sold out? And they said, right. well, no, we're not. And I said, well, if, <laughs> there if might we be some can, room. <laughs> I said, well, if, if I can show you a business model that, mm -hmm. that um, shows we can raise more money for scholarships by doing this, will you look at it? And, um, and they said, absolutely. And, you know, I, my first year I took it all in. We were, you know, 50, 60% capacity mm -hmm. on, on performances. And you got to remember the rodeo started in the old Coliseum. Right. And they sold it out every year. So then to move it into this much bigger building, mm -hmm. they still were bringing the same crowds. They just didn't bring a larger right. crowd. Well, the, the concerts allowed for, for that piece to, to happen. And um, admittedly, I was involved with the concerts in, in Austin because of my role, but that mm -hmm. wasn't my my um, everyday job. I, I knew enough about it mm -hmm. to be dangerous. <laughs> um, and uh, but it, it, it's been a great addition. It's it's one that we've you know hit out of the park on some of the mm -hmm. acts, and some of them you learn and and pivot for next year on it. So. What was it like with the first set of acts coming to Corpus, trying to convince them to to take a gamble to make the trip over here? You know, it, it 
luckily most of the agencies I'd worked with before, so um, when I showed them, they, they'd been to the building, okay. and, and so they knew the building. Uh, what I had to show them is how were we gonna do a concert with the rodeo, mm -hmm. and um, it, it took a little creative thinking because you know most uh, rodeos in Texas, they pull in a big trailer right. stage. Well, we, we didn't have the room for that here, so coming up with a way to lower the stage down mm -hmm. and, and basically still the idea from a rodeo in, in Oklahoma um, worked and, and, and so it, you know at the end of the day it's still about in their world how much are you right. going to pay me to, to exactly. come and be a part of it and, <laughs> and, uh, and, and quite honestly uh, you know if we were in California doing rodeos we probably wouldn't need a concert um, but the San Antonio Houston models or concerts, and mm -hmm. that's what Texans kind of expect: is you have a rodeo and a concert, and and it, so far people have have embraced it and taken off with it. How do you think the the carnival itself impacts the spirit of folks who are um, getting engaged in Buck Days? Yeah, good question. Um, to me, it's it's about bringing families together, and mm -hmm. if you you look at that that carnival that we put on it's it's families having fun and, and engaging and 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 just you know enjoying the outdoors together mm -hmm. um, you know another change that was delayed because of, of buck days was moving the carnival down here to the American Bank Center site with the rodeo and everything mm -hmm. else but that synergy of having it all together is going to allow you know the, all the family to all enjoy something together. Go shopping mm -hmm. in the exhibit hall. Go enjoy the rides if you're the kids. And if you like rodeo, well, mm -hmm. you can get a ticket to that all in one stop. And and so that, to me, it's everybody coming together. And, and then certainly the the dollars generated. Um, the carnival is a, a big part of the revenue source that helps us put on the event, mm -hmm. but then also allows us to fuel scholarships for for young people too. So. How have you seen the rodeo itself grow since you got here in 2015? So, um, you know, just the uh, the amount of dollars uh, put into it, sponsor mm -hmm. support. We've been able to uh, tell the story of what we're trying to do and and uh, raise the bar each and every year. You know, rodeos are judged on how much added money they they put out there. We were at uh, about ten thousand dollars added money in 2015. Um, We've inched our way up. Uh, last year we were going to be at twenty thousand, okay. um, which which put us in the easily the top twenty. Mm -hmm. This year we 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 just made a, a deal and, and kind of charted our own territory of of working with a group called WCRA um, and uh, the PBRs mm -hmm. associated with them uh, to where we'll be one of their major events this year. So we'll have about fifty thousand added money per event and uh, be broadcast on, on CBS, um, the, the network right. on CBS Sports. So all of that collectively coming together um, puts us easily in the, the top 10 mm -hmm. rodeos um, ranking-wise dollars. And then to get the exposure that, that CBS is offering uh, with that is, is really uh, not just good for the rodeo, but mm -hmm. good for Corpus Christi to, to be able to be on that platform and you know, coming out of commercial breaks, showcase the bayfront right. and the, the skyline, and uh, you know, it, you can't quantify what what that's worth to to you know reminding people how mm -hmm. great it is down here in, in Corpus Christi. That's so very true. So let's put that in perspective a little bit when you talk about the fifty thousand added money and being a top ten rodeo. Who are the other rodeos in the top ten? Yeah. So in a, in a normal year, preface that because mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody's moving in in. in one, to put it in perspective, we're probably the only rodeo that you'll see grow in ranking this year in terms of prize money. Most okay. everybody else is, is pulling back dollars, um, and, and a lot of that's with the arrangement with national sponsors and, mm -hmm. and uh, television that, that are allowing us to, to do that, that growth. Um, but obviously, San Antonio, Houston, Calgary are right up there on the, the top end. Calgary as in Canada? Calgary, Canada, okay. that's right. And, and then the national finals is the largest um, that just happened here in, in Arlington for the first mm -hmm. time. <laughs> um, 
but um, you know we're riding that next run with mm -hmm. uh, Cheyenne and Denver and Fort Worth and and um, Austin and you know all those those groups. So it's pretty elite company. To, it is to be able to. And Salt Lake City is is the other one affiliated with us in, in this uh, this group. So the WCRA would what's unique to them is you know we'll have a lot of the same contestants that you've seen every other year but their uh, alliance puts out a um, a million dollar carrot wow if you win uh, three of their events consecutively uh, then you'll you, they call it the triple crown mm -hmm. of rodeo so that that contestant that does that will receive a million dollar bonus at the end of it so it's just a fun mm -hmm. new creative way to to uh, present the sport and and um, we're excited about it. It's going to be a fun, fun opportunity for us. And I would imagine with that, it brings new sponsors and a different level of of attractiveness to perhaps more national type sponsors too, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, professional bull riders is is uh, working hand in hand with this group, mm -hmm. um, and they're they've been uh, leading the CBS effort for years in terms of bringing at least bull riding to um, uh, the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, WCRA is now their uh, signature rodeo events that go along with that. And, and so um, in a year where basically we carried every community sponsor we have forward to 2021 because 2020 didn't right. happen. Um, <laughs> We're now able to work hand in hand with PBR and in, in, in their organization on reaching some national sponsors that uh, and, and actually talking to some of our local sponsors um, that uh, when you, you look at industry here mm -hmm. and say, look, um, you, know, you have a national reach too. We can run a TV spot for you across CBS during yep. this broadcast and, and get the good word you're doing in the mm -hmm. area out. So kind of open the door to, to new uh, new new items for us. Um, for sure. Both the, new sponsors coming in and, and then increasing the exposure of current local sponsors. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So you've talked a bit about the magnitude of or the scope of, of the whole operation, but I'm here at your office and I don't see hundreds of people. <laughs> so how does it work? Who who runs the show? Yeah. I mean, I know that it's led here out of your, out of your office, but yeah. Where are all the workers? Oh, great, great question. So we're a small staff, a full-time staff of five, okay. part-time staff of, of two, and uh, we have about 300 volunteers wow. that really come together to, to make it all happen. And I'd, I'd be remiss without saying the American Bank Center and, and their event staff uh, team of professionals and, and temporary personnel are, are really a an extension of our team as well mm -hmm. during this time frame to, um, you know, if you do the math, there's there's probably 750 employees in that 11-day run working the event. Right. Now, we, we wouldn't exist if we staffed 750 people. <laughs> exactly year right. But so That's it, exactly it's right. A, a unique operation. And, and mm -hmm. then you throw the city, um, city of Corpus Christi and, and their involvement mm -hmm. Um, is huge. You know, all of the PD rolls up their sleeve yep. to help make sure the parades happen and um, parks departments uh, an integral part. So it truly is a t community effort mm -hmm. to to make it all come together and, and happen every year. So we're pretty lean and mean this time right. of year. Um, we are working uh, remotely for the most part uh, until uh, after the first of the year, and hopefully this this um, COVID stuff is is winding down is my goal. That would be great for to get everybody back. You know, okay. I, I'm a big believer in being face-to-face -face when it's yep. appropriate to be, be that way for sure. Talk a little bit about the um, individual leadership, say, or so to speak, of things like the parade. Because I, as, my, as sure. I understand it, you know, from a newbie to Corpus's perspective, there's a group that runs that, and then there's a group, another group of volunteers that are dedicated to other parts. So let's talk about the, the parade itself. Yeah, so uh, the Buck Raider organization, um, you know, and, and is a unique uh, group of guys that, um, for, for lack of a better reason, um, the parades were disorganized in the early years. Mm -hmm. um, they never started on time. It was confusing, and uh, 
a group of guys got together and said, we're going to be the buck graders, let us handle this. And they have a succession plan of 15 years. So it's wow. about 85 guys that come together to produce. And that is their sole purpose mm-hmm. um, for buck days is to produce our parades. And, um, you know, they'll bring in new guys annually to help work with it. But once you get on their ladder of leadership, you go through 15 years, wow. make it to the top, and then you're done. That's it. So it's it's kind of okay. bittersweet for them mm-hmm. um, in that they um, you know, spend year upon year getting all the way to the top of the organization. You know, they're still invited to their meetings, sure. but like you stay over there. <laughs> you're retired. And retired. Right. You know, so, but it's a really great group that... Uh-huh. Um, uh, you know, it all walks of life come in and mm-hmm. roll up their sleeves to help with it. And, you know, they'll start meeting typically in, in January okay. and almost meet every other week until uh, buck days to, wow. to get everything organized and ready to go for, for the parade. It's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, admittedly, I, I didn't do a parade in, in Austin, uh, so I've, I've learned a lot uh, with mm-hmm. this, but it's also a, a great peace of mind to know Hey, stay out of our way. We've got this taken right. care of. So. And then with that level of continuity among the group, it probably helps to make sure that uh, there aren't a lot of balls dropped. They probably have a pretty good system at this yeah. point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what I've, what I've tried to do is look for ways to, you know, how do we grow that effort? Mm-hmm. And how do you, you know, I'll never forget the uh, city leadership at the time when I moved here I said we're going to grow the event and they're like I hope you're not talking about the parade it's big <laughs> enough and um, you know uh-huh. and uh, well you know we in in my world going to other events is is um, you know how we still ideas it's it's the best way to you bet and uh, we went to Mardi Gras one year and saw that they drive their parades through arenas and convention centers mm-hmm. and, that's again what we're trying to do right. at Buck Days. And <laughs> I'd love to, you know, let people come sit and enjoy the event in the American Bank Center mm-hmm. um, when when all this opens back up to to um, you know have all the amenities of, of the arena, mm-hmm. um, the big screens, those things to to see the show. But it's it's a, it's a great uh, effort on that. So the Buck Raiders are a huge mm-hmm. huge part of making it all come together. And then what about the, I think they call the commissioners, the group that is um, yeah. also traditionally involved? So the Buccaneer Commission is, is the nonprofit that I uh, actually work for. Okay. And, and, uh, and there's, a, again, about 85 uh, commissioners, um, which is, is basically the board of directors that, okay. that I work with. And uh, each of them have their different areas that, that they um, focus on or, mm-hmm. or care to be a part of. So. Um, I have a governing board of about 13 that I meet monthly with. Okay. We'll have quarterly meetings of the commission. But it's it's split up and you have folks that help with the rodeo, folks that help mm-hmm. with the carnival. Uh, we, we just formed a, an air show committee uh, to help take on that, that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, the King and Queen Leadership Program is a whole other uh, group of, of folks. And, and so you have these folks that are the the board of, of the organization, but then another 300 plus volunteers that um, work in, on those different committees. Okay. And, and that's kind of the feeder uh, way of, of getting engaged with the commission. Now you come volunteer in an area, do a good job, and we're going to promote you okay. and make you a part of it even more. Right, know? exactly. You did such a good job, you get to do more. That's right. For sure. <laughs> that is the nature of nonprofits, and that's appropriate, right? Yeah. That's that's how they survive and how they function and grow. Um, you mentioned earlier Lastonius and the and the debutante um, celebration that goes on with Buck Days. Was that something that you were familiar with coming out of Austin, or is that a whole new world for you? Whole, whole new world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'd, I'd heard about it from uh, friends of mine that grew up here, okay. um, but I, I had no no concept of what it was. Um, mm-hmm. But man, what a, a, a neat feature and, and the tradition that goes with that. Um, it's uh, you know, it, it's it's a nice. Uh, Nice event, uh, mm-hmm. and, and to tie all of that together with the parade, and, and you know, the, to me, they are the those dresses are unbelievable. They really are. The parade. <laughs> they really are. Them. I've um, uh, I've known someone who was involved in the dress organization and making and production of that whole thing, and uh, having grown up in San Antonio, of course, familiar with Fiesta, yep. and then yep. the the debutante um, celebrations that go along with that. 
it truly is. Uh, those those dresses really are works of art. I mean, I know even in San Antonio, they hang in the North Star Mall for a long time, and they become timeless pieces. And yep. um, it's just awesome to to have that part of the community tied to Buck Days. You know, in okay. San Antonio, it's separated from the rodeo, and it really is essentially separated from Fiesta, except they participate in a few of the of sure. the um, parades. But to have it all tied together as part of the greater celebration probably does help drive more attendance, which in turn, and we're going to talk about this next, drives the opportunity for Buck Days to provide more scholarships. You bet. And, you know, for, for us, it's, you know, when I moved here, I was really trying to grapple with, you know, how do you sell this celebration? You have pirates, you have cowboys. <laughs> right. And, and you've got tens of right. thousands of dollar dresses. <laughs> and, and, and so, um, you know, for me, it's... Um, it truly is the community coming together, embracing our history, our heritage. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, what I really love now, and you know, I can't tell you this was all planned because it, it certainly wasn't, but obviously you go way back, there is pirate history to the region. Mm -hmm. Then you have the cowboys and the ranching and all of that. Mm -hmm. Well, the military is as much a part of our history as well. And uh, to have rodeo, Pirate Festival and now Air Show mm -hmm. all wedged together in one big, big 11-day event. Kind of, it, it's a celebration of Corpus Christi mm -hmm. and, and all of South Texas, in, in my mind. Yeah, it really does mirror the city and the and the community for sure. So let's talk about the. I'm just going to call it the main purpose, right? Sure. The the end result of this 11-day celebration and all of the time and sweat and tears and energy that goes into it is for a specific purpose. Let's talk about what that is. You bet. So um, so in the early years, it was truly just a community event to mm -hmm. bridge the gap between spring and summer and, and drive some economic activity. Um, when they added the rodeos, when guys said, well, we can really make some money at this and, and um, do more than just hope we have enough money to put on an event right. year after year. And uh, and that's when scholarships became the, the focus. So um, truly every dollar we raise is, is how do we cap capitalize putting on these events to mm -hmm. raise more money for scholarships now. So um, our leadership program that's for high school seniors, uh, we're right in the middle of that selection process uh, for this year. Um, it's our signature piece to this mm -hmm. where uh, we'll have uh, close to 100 kids every year from all over South Texas apply to be a part of mm -hmm. it. They'll go through interviews, they'll write an essay, we'll have judges review that, and, and then we'll take 20 kids through a leadership program from January till May. Mm -hmm. uh, Dale Carnegie training in January, they'll tour um, industry. Um, usually do mm -hmm. a port tour, go to the SeaCAD, uh, see what they're doing out there, and tour other um, businesses to really expose these kids to the opportunities that are available mm -hmm. here in, in the coastal bend. And then they'll do community service. And at the end of that, there's about $60,000 in scholarships waiting on those kids at the completion of that, that program. And, and then they're obviously ambassadors for Buck Days during mm -hmm. the, the event itself so it's a neat program uh, but then in in recent time uh, we've done well with the events had dollars left over and so then we'll divvy up additional dollars at the end of those events to give to um, a Corpus Christi Del Mar and AM Kingsville to um, to award more scholarships mm -hmm. and, and so that's our true focus is how do we create that synergy and, and get the whole community behind that effort so. yeah so with the with the focus or the end the end goal being um, increasing the opportunity for buck days to provide scholarships do you see an opportunity to grow the number of students involved in the leadership program um, and then let's talk a little bit also about um, if you can break down the the ways that the scholarship money is raised a little bit sure so um, yes we're always looking for ways to, to grow the program and it, it may be a separate program even that we're, we're looking at working with, with students on. Um, you know, the, the challenge right now is, is 
how do you really engage in a, a leadership training for mm-hmm. kids that uh, allows real hands, hand-on contact. You get to 60 or 70 students, that becomes harder to do. True. Um, so that piece of it, um, who knows where that that ends mm-hmm. up. But, um, you know, the, the commission is challenging me every year, how do we reach more children? Sure. And so we're, we're always looking for ways to do that. Mm-hmm. And then where do the dollars come from? Um, you know, we have about 55 to 60 uh, sponsors of our events. Um, they're investing and in helping us put on the event. Mm-hmm. And uh, But at the end of the day, um, they're investing in, in that educational component as well. Um, but if you buy a ticket to, to Buck Days mm-hmm. or a corn dog at the carnival, you're, you're helping um, raise money for scholarships, believe it or not. So my fried Twinkies and fried Oreos right. and fried butter and <laughs> fried yeah. everything really goes to a good cause and other than just to my cardiologist. Yeah, so to me it's uh, it's a win-win and mm-hmm. it, you, you can come have fun and feel good about doing <laughs> it other than maybe going to the doctor. That's right. Well, <laughs> you know, there are uh, opportunities for everybody right. to benefit from Buck Days uh, yeah. for sure. So um, with the scholarships that go to the universities and to Del Mar, do those get dedicated to a certain applicant or are they general scholarship sure. fund dollars? What does that look like? So, uh, you know, some of our partners will uh, sponsor us to just do scholarships. Okay. So I'll give you, Valero is 100% on board helping. Um, they designate it scholarships to um, specific degree programs. Okay. Um, so we'll pass those through our, our program. So like an engineering or something of that, right, just absolutely. using it as an example. Yes. And so it goes to the School of Engineering or something right. like that. Okay. But, but most of the dollars we'll raise, um, we, we try to not earmark it at all other than we're looking for students that need financial need, live within the Coastal Bend region. I think it's a 13 county okay. region that we uh, focus on and go mm-hmm. uh, select uh, students that, that need those dollars and it's going to go to good use. So and through their general fund, they'll select those students and really take us out of you know, our jobs to Give them the raise money. the money and <laughs> get out of the way and good. put it to good use. You bet. Have you found um, any kind of resistance in the community from a sponsor's perspective? They're like, you know, we don't really want anything to do with that. That seems too, I don't know, cowboyish or too... Um, too crazy, I don't really want to be involved, or is it generally, hey, I'm Johnny with Buck Days, and we'd love to get you guys involved, and they say, sure, we'd love to. You know, overall, I'd say we, we've we been very fortunate. The community embraces this event. Mm-hmm. This event, they understand um, what we're about, what we're trying to do, and, and we take an approach when we go visit with people. Here's everything we're doing where would you like to have your name associated or where would you like to have hospitality for your your guest and, okay. and it's a you know and at the end of the day we're selling entertainment and, mm-hmm. and supporting young people so it's been it's been a, a good process to you know mm-hmm. really allow people go where they want to go with it and and um so I, you know really a I think uh, more than anything, a, a lot of people don't understand that scholarship component till we meet with them one on one. And well, heck, if I'd known this a long right. time ago, uh, <laughs> I would have been helping yeah. you much earlier. So that's always a nice part about um, something that seems commercial, right. but yet in reality is a significant benefit. Again, in the camaraderie of the community, which is an in- intangible uh, benefit to the community. Um, and building the community spirit and like you mentioned earlier bridging that gap between the the spring and the summer to get some economic yeah. activity going but really there are 20 kids every year plus the ones that are at the universities that are benefiting directly from the community's involvement in buck days absolutely and that's what um you know every year it's how can we do it better how mm-hmm. can we raise more money and, and that's what motivates us seeing those those students do that and you know i always say kids but Especially at Delmore, we're helping all ages mm-hmm. in, in getting uh, you know uh, different uh, degrees and, and certifications to to help further their their future and in, in employment. So, so you and I got to Corpus around the same time in August of 2015. What has surprised you the most about living in Corpus? 
Oh man, good question. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I was told that people don't like change when I moved here, mm -hmm. uh, and I tend to disagree with that. I, I think people um, have embraced the changes we've done and, mm -hmm. um, and are excited about you know what what are we doing next and and how do we do more and 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 so. I, uh, to me, that's that's been the the coolest thing is seeing the community want to grow and want to do more and and um, you know, how can I help? Mm -hmm. Where I I was afraid, you know, move here and uh, we've always done it this way. Right, and, right, exactly. And that that's not been the case mm -hmm. at all. I, I think it's um, quite the opposite. So I think that's been one of the experiences I've had too. I grew up coming down here um, from San Antonio, of course, and. Um, with a lot of cities like this, places my wife and I have lived, like in Waco also, there's the, there is always that um, reputation, right? Of right? It just does what it's always done because it's always done what it always did. Right. And I do feel like Corpus is, uh, since not because we got here, right. but in the timing of it, we were part of, um, we got here at a time when Corpus started to break free from some of that. You, know? sure. you and I have mutual friends that have been here a long time. And they would say things like, well, it's still Corpus, you right. know, and they're not pessimistic. They're just, this is how it's always been. And, sure. and many of them are progressive in their desire to see Corpus grow, but yet they're also, you know, they still have those influences of what it was like here as children. And, and you and I get to come in with new faces and new eyes to the, to see what really is happening. And sure. that's been one of the great joys of this podcast. You get, I've been, had, had the opportunity to talk to so many people who are, um, who are experiencing a different corpus yeah, and growing a different corpus, just like you've been able to do here at Buck Days where um, you've taken the experiences you've had at what used to be larger rodeos, but now sure. are on par with the corpus um, Buck Days is on par with what you've been, what you experienced in Austin. And that's pretty amazing. You bet. It's, it's a fun opportunity to mm -hmm. me. It's uh, it, it actually reminds me of Austin when I first moved there where <laughs> Mm -hmm. You know, Austin. Oh, we're never going to grow. Right. Well, now they're <laughs> complaining that they grew too much. You know? That they did. That's uh, right, and they but, do regularly. But it's, uh, you know, it, I I enjoy the, this uh, lifestyle mm -hmm. and, and what we're doing, and it's it's been fun. So. When is Buck Days in the springtime? Sure. So it's April 29th through uh, May 9th. Um, we're um, you know, I'm listening to the vaccine reports mm -hmm. daily, and and excited we we just uh, had some show up in, in Corpus right. Christi. But we're right on that bubble of um, where uh, things hopefully will start opening up mm -hmm. again. Um, but we we do feel good that there's some mitigation efforts we can do to spread people out, and you know we're we're certainly going to. Um, pay attention to our neighbors uh, to the north and, and west on mm -hmm. how they do their events and, and try to learn from, from their practices as you know, San Antonio rodeos in a month and a half right. or so. So, um, you know, I, I we'll see how their, their stuff goes and learn mm -hmm. from it. So. That is one of the nice things about being able to, to not be the first, right? And then I think Corpus Christians, we've all um, adapted to our normal outside lifestyle because that's one of the things, sure. great things about our community is that we are such an outside community. Um, we kind of know how to operate yep. outside and then even indoors in bigger spaces and thankfully um, our community has also been able to reopen most of you know restaurants almost sure. to full capacity and bars and so forth so we've got a little experience with it and hopefully people will continue being careful and we'll be able to make it into May with uh, and the late part of April with vaccines in place and we can all get out and celebrate. I imagine there's some built-up um, eagerness sure. to get out and do it too. You know, in, in in a perfect world, and if if the right doctors are correct on what they're saying, <laughs> and who knows? It's sure. ever evolving. Yeah. This could be a great way to really open things mm -hmm. back up and and get life back to some semblance of normal. Yeah. And the timing could be pretty amazing. Right, right. Sure. So we're you know cautiously optimistic on that. Yes. And, um, you know, things like the, the air show um, were, um, you know, what better way to have an event that encompasses, could encompass as much as eight miles along the mm -hmm. coastline if we can't spread out 
Right. So that, that was worth it. I don't know what we can spread out. <laughs> we, we need some training on spreading out. Yeah, right, that's true. true. Well, um, my, my wrap-up question in the show is, what are you excited about in Corpus Christi? And that can be, because I'm not going to ask you what sure. your favorite Buck Days event is, by the way. I'm, I'm, putting, I'm tabling <laughs> that question for a private conversation. Fair enough. Um, but what are you excited about? That could be what you and your family are excited about, or you personally, sure. or you and Buck, as Buck Days. What are you all excited about? You know, and, and this may sound cliche, but I, I think, um, you know, the ability to um, make an impact on, on our community. Um, mm -hmm. Quite honestly, what I, I saw, uh, just a big part of me moving here was, man, there's a lot of opportunity to take this event and, and grow it. What that growth looks like, I have no idea um, at the time I moved, but it, it's, it's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, Katya sees that same opportunity. Um, you know, even you know, she she'd been here for a while, right. and, and uh, we we joke uh, a little bit, but you know, she kept asking me, "Why did you move away from Austin <laughs> for this?" And you know what? I took her to visit on mm -hmm. uh, one of our first trips together, and um, she said, "Oh my God, I couldn't live here. You have to wait everywhere you go." Right. You have, I said, "Okay, Corpus Christi is a great." <laughs> great place mm -hmm. and um, you know the impact we have locally on on making change is mm -hmm. so much easier here than than uh, the bureaucratic red tape you'd have to go through in a city of that size absolutely true so to me it's that it's um, you know a new challenge every day and, and enjoying family life with, mm -hmm. with with our son and, and and having a good time with it so Hope that answered. Absolutely. Us. No, that, I think that's what's exciting about being in Corpus, yeah. one of many things. So cool. thank you very much for taking time to come yeah. on the podcast. No, thanks. Enjoyed it. I always enjoy getting the behind the scenes look at festivals and celebrations, especially those like Buck Days and Fiesta in San Antonio, because the scale of what it takes to make these events successful is massive. Johnny ably coordinates the volunteers, staff, and leadership to, year after year, create a better and more exciting Buck Days celebration. You can follow Buck Days on Instagram, at Buck Days, that's B-U-C-D-A-Y-S, or check them out online at buckdays.com. This year's celebration is April 29th through May 9th. Thank you, Johnny, for coming on the show. Thank you to our infrastructure partners, Clint Tucker Homes, Sawyer Audiology, and the Sound Guys. And thank you for taking time to listen. Mm -hmm.